We don't build the foundation of people's faith. We don't build the foundation of the church on emotion. We don't build it on philosophy. We don't build it on self-help tips. We don't build it in the latest church growth guru. We don't build it on the Sunday school guy. We build it on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Because if faith and if the church is built on anything other than that, it is not pleasing to God and it will not stand. Listen, church, every other human philosophy, every other religious system, every code of ethics is doomed to failure and destruction because it's not founded on Jesus Christ. This is the Divine Truth Podcast, a ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in beautiful Central Virginia. This podcast is for the purpose of teaching God's people through the verse-by-verse exposition live from the pulpit of Emmanuel Baptist Church. We pray that the Word of God richly blesses you as you hear it proclaimed. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And after you have found that, out of respect for God's Word, if you would please stand as we read our text once again. 1 Timothy chapter number... Uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Timothy. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Uh, beginning in verse number 10. Yeah, they're up there. No, not for that, not for that. Same way as this morning. Paul says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built Thereupon he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, this evening for your truth. We ask you, Father, that you would teach us your truth tonight. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you very much. You may be seated. For me, this is probably one of the very important passages in all the New Testament. Because in this passage, Paul gives us the fundamentals of how to build faith, and I think how to build a church. Because even though the context is building faith you can take the context and you can take the application and I think that you can apply it to building a church or building a local body because that local body is built upon the faith of individual people and the reason I say that is this because Paul says in verse 10 according to the grace of God which was given me as a wise master builder I laid the foundation 
Who is that foundation? Well, we're going to get to that in just a minute. But who is that foundation, church? Jesus Christ. Paul says, I laid the foundation, and another man and somebody else comes along and builds on that foundation. And we looked at the fact that there is a construction going on. That in your life, in my life, we're always building something, whether it be good or bad. It's not that you are or are not building. You are building, but it's whether you're building a good Ephesus or you're building an Ephesus that's on a shaky foundation. Folks, church, listen, there is only one foundation upon which something needs to be built. One and only one. We don't build the foundation of people's faith We don't build the foundation of the church on emotion. We don't build it on philosophy. We don't build it on self-help tips. We don't build it in the latest church growth guru. We don't build it on the Sunday school guy. We build it on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Because if faith and if the church is built on anything other than that, it is not pleasing to God and it will not stand. Emmanuel Baptist Church must be a church whose foundation is laid and built upon Jesus Christ. We're not worried about building on fads. We're not worried about building on trends. We're worried about and concerned about building on Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And that's why Paul says in verse 11, I'm sorry, the end of verse 10, But let every man take heed how he buildeth upon. And so we looked last time at the construction. And then we looked at the carefulness. Take heed, Paul says. Be careful of how you decide and how you build upon that foundation. Number three, the condition. Paul explains further why we need to be careful on how we build on the foundation. Look at verse 11. Paul says, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In verse 11, Paul gives the reason for the mandate in verse 10. The reason why people need to be careful how they build on the foundation is because the only true foundation is Jesus Christ. It is vital that we remember that even though Paul laid the foundation, Paul did not design the foundation. Because the only biblical foundation is Christ, it does not need to be redesigned. It does not need to be relayed. It's already been laid. It is Christ, and it is upon that foundation that we build. Folks, the foundation is not even New Testament or Christian ethic. The foundation is not history or tradition. It is not the ecclesiastical decisions of a church. The foundation is Jesus Christ alone and because it is the scriptures that reveal christ we say that it is on the principles of scripture that the church and faith must be laid right it is on the foundation of the word of god that you and i need to build faith and you and i need to build the church because it is the scriptures folks 
that reveal the person and the work of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament predicted and prepared for His incarnation. The Gospels tell us a history about His earthly ministry. The book of Acts tell us about the early church. The epistles are the commentaries on His message and work. And the book of Revelation is the final testimony of His reigning and His imminent return. From Genesis to Revelation, it is all about Jesus Christ. In fact, of the Old Testament, Jesus Christ said this in John chapter 5, verse 39, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Some builders have tried to build on other foundations like church tradition. Others have even tried to teach to build the foundation on the moral teachings of the human Jesus. Other people attempt to build the foundation of the church on ethical humanism. The only foundation upon church that you can build your life is on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other foundation. Because without the foundation of Jesus Christ in your life, no spiritual building will stand for long. What do you think would be the result if you tried to build your spiritual life on anything other than Jesus Christ? What would be the result? Paul said there's only one foundation. He says no other, no other foundation can a man lay except that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Do I need to remind you that Jesus Christ is the head of the church? And it is upon that foundation that we build the church. It's upon that foundation that you need to build your life. I'm reminded of the lame man that was sitting out at the temple gate and the crowds were marveling at what was going on there in the book of Acts. And Peter, at that moment, took the opportunity to preach to, to them an impromptu sermon. And he explained in some detail how Christ was the, whom, was the one to whom the Old Testament focused and was the one to whom they could be saved and have eternal life. And as a result of that, this is found in Acts chapter 3 verse 1 through Acts chapter 4 verse 12, the priests and the Sadducees had Peter and John thrown into jail. The next day, the two men were brought before uh, the larger body of the Sadducees and the other priests and the high priests, and they were commanded to explain their preaching and healing. And what Peter and John did is they continued the message from the day before, telling them that Jesus of Nazareth, the one they crucified, the one is the one that raised the crippled man. And that this same Jesus... The one that they rejected was the cornerstone of God's kingdom. And the fact is that these Jews and, and uh, many in the Jewish community today cannot accept the gospel because they refuse to accept the foundation upon which the gospel is built. Paul's warning to the Corinthians, those Corinthian believers and us, in this passage is that we do not attempt to build on anything but on the already laid foundation of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus Christ gives us some very important words. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, 
I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it, and it, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Listen, when we build our spiritual house on anything other than Jesus Christ, it will be a building that has absolutely no hope of standing for the long duration. He said, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but how do I build my house on the foundation of Jesus Christ? You build your house on the foundation of the Word of God, right? Because it is the Word of God that reveals who Jesus Christ is. It's the Word of God that reveals the person and the work uh, and the ways of Christ. And so it is upon the Word of God that we build our spiritual house. Like I said to you this morning, folks, if the Bible says it, end of story. End of case. And it is upon that that we must build. Jesus Christ. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed the same is made the head of the corner a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto also they were appointed listen church every other human philosophy every other religious system every code of ethics is doomed to failure and destruction because it's not founded on jesus christ there's only one proper foundation Galatians, Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 7, which is not another, speaking about those who would try to uh, preach another gospel, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be what, church? Accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Because anything, folks, that is built other than on the foundation of Jesus Christ, Paul says, let it be anathema. Well, what is Paul talking about? Let's go ahead. Let's, let's look at what Paul says here in verse number 12. Paul says, now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. You've got to skip ahead. This is going to be point number four, Zachary. Keep going there, Skippy. There you go. The clarification. Okay, so we know the foundation that we build. If we have a foundation, right? Who's the foundation? Jesus Christ. Okay? And we need to be careful, Paul says, about how we build on that foundation. Now, in verse 12, Paul lays out the building material. Gold, silver, precious stone, 
wood, hay, or stubble. And then here's, and in this passage, Paul reveals to us three areas of how we build the, the reason, or six areas, the reason we need to be, pay close attention. Paul explains that there are different materials that a person can use on which to build on this foundation. We're not building the foundation. We're not laying the foundation again. The foundation is already laid. It's got to be laid on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has got to be your foundation. The principles of the Word of God has got to be the foundation upon which you live your life. So you've got the proper foundation. It doesn't need to be redesigned. It doesn't need to be relayed. What you and I build on it. And we build on it by either gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or literally straw. Paul is not bringing into question the quality of the foundation. The foundation is of the highest quality because the foundation is Christ. What Paul brings into question is the quality of what is being built on that foundation. Because keep in mind, church, as long as believers are alive, they are building. They are building some sort of life. They are building some sort of church. They are building some sort of service. And what you're building may be beautiful or it may be a hovel. But the fact is, you can't help but build something. One of the lessons that we learn from the seven churches that are found in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 is that all throughout history, there have been gold Christians, there have been wood Christians, and so forth. You see throughout all of redemptive history, all different kinds of Christians. And the building materials that Paul talks about here in verse 12 are in two different categories listed in descending order. Gold, silver, precious stone obviously represent the highest quality material, right? Wood, hay, or straw clearly represent the inferior material. What is the difference in the designation? Gold represents the greatest fruitfulness, the most skilled and careful work done for the glory of God. Straw represents what? Well, the very opposite of that. The least, the leftovers. It is important to remember, church, that material is, is not that the materials do not represent wealth. It does not represent talent. It does not represent opportunity. Some people say, well, I guess I'm just a straw Christian. Well, that's dumb. Okay. No, there's no such... Uh, uh, yeah, you may be a straw Christian, but it, listen, it, it doesn't have anything to do with talent, does it? doesn't have anything to do with wealth. doesn't have anything to do with opportunity. It also does not represent spiritual gifts because all those things, church, belong to the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, but all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he, what? The spiritual gift that you got, it was given to you by the Lord. And God expects you to use that spiritual gift for his glory in the church to build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Guess what? You didn't have any say-so in the spiritual gift God gave you. But he gave it to you as he wills. And so while the material does not represent wealth, it does not represent a super level of spirituality, and it does not represent opportunity, it does re re represent the believer's response to what they have. 
how well they serve the Lord with what is given to them. In other words, they represent our attitudes. The gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and straw do not represent talent. They represent your attitude. An important fact to remember at this point is that we have not been saved by works, church, but we have been saved unto works, right? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. The, act is, the fact is that every single believer is a builder, and we build with some sort of building material. And it is only as we build with the best material worthy of Him that it will be the most effective church and the most lasting. It's also worth noting that the three first materials, gold, silver, precious stones, these three materials are not listed as equally valuable. They represent, church, listen, they represent different function, not different values. There is no grading here. A gold is not better than a precious stone. Gold is not better than a silver. Because sometimes a precious stone for pearl, for example, were considered to be of more value in the ancient world than gold was. Because guess what? In the parables that Jesus Christ told, what did the man find that he went and sold everything that he had to buy that hunk of property on which he found it? It was what? It wasn't a gold bar. It was a pearl. It was a precious stone. He found the precious stone, went and sold everything he had so that he could buy that piece of property that contained the precious stone. So gold is not more precious than silver. It's a different, it's a different value, a different function, not a different value. Because the fact is, in the ancient world, silver could be used for things that gold could not be used for. The fact is that even though they are different functions, they are equally church as precious. Matthew chapter 13, verse 23, But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some sixty, hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Folks, listen, here's the point of Paul. We should always do our very best with what God has given us depending upon his grace. That's the point. That's the point of this passage. The foundation is Jesus Christ. You build your life on the word of God. And by God's grace, you do the best you can with the grace and the ability that God's given you. Listen, folks, it's, it's easy to be involved in all kinds of and all sorts of church programs, isn't it? It's all, it's, it's all, it's really easy to get involved in all types of church ideas. But the fact of the matter is that on Judgment Day, all those things could be hay. All those things could be hay. They're not necessarily bad projects. They're just trivial. The wood, hay, and straw are not necessarily sinful things, but subtly sinful things. It's like I talked the last two weeks. They're not bad things. They may be good things. They're not the what? They're not the best. They're not the best. 
In fact, in many ancient cultures and in many places today, grass is used to build a roof on people's homes. But guess what? Grass would not stand the test of God's fire. Paul is saying here, even if the material we use seems to be useful, church, this is what we need to be careful about, that even if the material we use seems to be useful, it may not stand against God's judgment. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. God is going to do what? He is going to put to test, put to the test, all of our works. How is he going to do that? Number one, let's look at Revelation. Verse 13. Every man's work shall be what? What's verse 13 say? Every man's work shall be made what? Manifest. Manifest. The day is going to come where your work and my work will be made manifest. The word manifest is a Greek word that means to be clearly seen. Clearly seen. Everything is laid wide open and will be revealed. Now, we're not talking about sin here, are we? We're not talking about sin, okay? Just let me cut the head of that snake off right now, okay? God is not going to show home movies in heaven of your sinful activities. That was taken care of in Christ. We're talking about works. We're talking about works here. What are the conditions that God is going to look for, them, for our, in, our, in our works? As our works are revealed in heaven, what are going to be the things by which it was judged? Number one, motives. Motives. Why? Listen to me, church. Why you do something is as important as what you do. Okay? Why you do something is as important as what you do. To win the loss because of a compulsion or a sense of obligation is what? Is wood. If you go out on visitation or you go out and win somebody to the Lord just because you feel obligated to do it, folks, listen, that is a work that's going to burn up. So how are you building on the foundation that's been laid, which is Jesus Christ? I'm building the kingdom by bringing in new people to the faith, by leading others to the Lord, but I'm doing it out of a sense of obligation. Listen, church, that's not going to be a work that stands the test of God's fire. That's going to burn up. But to evangelize and love to win them to the Lord, that's gold. To sing a solo in church, for example, and be concerned about what people thought about your voice. What is that? Huh? That's straw. Well, I hope they liked your voice because that's the only reward you'll ever get. I hope you hit every note on key. But singing to glorify the Lord irregardless, no care of what you think that you sounded like, but for the glory of God, that's silver. That's silver. Giving generously to your church because you feel like a, a duty to do it or you feel pressured to do it, what's that? 
That's going to burn up. That's going to burn up. But to give with joy, to extend the gospel, is precious stones. Because listen, folks, work on the outside that may look like gold may really look like straw to God. Because sometimes that's, so many Christians, that's how we build on the foundation. You are building, church. It's not a matter of whether you're building. You are building. But how are you building on that foundation? Are you building on that foundation for the glory of God? Or are you building on the foundation because you feel compelled to do it? You feel pressured to do it? Well, if I don't do this, a pastor's going to call. Yeah, I might. Yeah, I might. I mean, it's your question. How many of you have missed... <laughs> this is funny. How, how many of you have missed church that, that you, come, you come to Sunday nights or Wednesday nights fairly regular and you miss church? Church starts at 6.30 and it's over at whenever I'm done. <laughs> Let me, that, that's just... Just so I don't hear about it after church, stopped at 7.30. And at 7.35, your phone goes off. And I don't do it every time. I don't do it every time. I mean, I don't want to be a nuisance. And you pick up your phone. Oh, boy. What's this dude want? Yeah, Re eject, reject, <laughs> dismiss, ignore. Yeah. I'll flip it up. Where are you? Now, I don't say it quite that blunt. I'm usually nice about it. I say, you feeling okay? But usually, w listen, if I ask you, if you miss church, I ask you if you're feeling all right, what's that code for? Where are you? Or that. Or that. Or that. But I'm telling you, church, if you come to church and you build your church attendance, okay, you've got the foundation. All right, we you go down to the basement of this church, we've got a foundation. And we built walls on that foundation. Okay, you've got a foundation in your life. And if you're building on that foundation of your church attendance because I don't want to get a call from the preacher on Judgment Day when all that stuff is revealed, guess what's going to happen? To every one of those times you were in church, it's going to be burned up and you won't get a single reward for it. Because you did it not for the glory of God, but so that the preacher wouldn't call. Some people have that idea, well, just let him try to call. Y'all don't. I said some people. Y'all don't. But some people in some churches do. But that's the idea. Anything, folks, that's done for other than the God's glory is going to be burned up. And if you build your life, even though, listen, you weren't responsible for the foundation, were you? That was laid for you. You weren't responsible for that. You had nothing to do with that. That was laid in your life before the foundation of the world. You had nothing to do with that foundation. You can't redesign it. You can't improve it. You can't relay it. All you do is build on it. Let me ask you a question. How are you building? How are you building? 
Are you building gold, silver, precious stones? Are you doing what you do for the glory of God? Or are you building for wrong motives? Because I feel compelled to do this. I feel pressure to do this. If I don't do this, if I don't, do, if I don't perform, then I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be considered less of a Christian. Listen, church, if that's why you do it, then there's no reward for that. There's no reward for that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who, th- who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the what? It's going to be the counsels of the heart on which your motives are judged. Now, I realize that there will be songs I sing, there will be sermons I preached, that will go up in smoke. I realize that. What you grown for? I realize that. Because I'm human. I realize that. Because let me tell you something. I told the Sunday school, Brother Blue, would you believe me if I told you that there have been times I got up here and preached that, I didn't, that I'd rather be anyplace else than preaching? Yeah, you... you That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Let me ask you a question. As a congregation, let me ask you, has there been a time where you've wanted to be anywhere else but right here? You say, now. (laughs) Guess what? Your, Your reward for being here just went up in smoke. Just went up in smoke. Because... When we do things out of compulsion or out of a sense of necessity and not for the glory of God, then, there are, then those things are wood, hay, and straw. And God will test the counsels of the heart. But not only will God, be, not only will God judge our motives, but he'll also judge our manner. Our manner. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse ten. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may that everyone may receive the things done in his body, whether they be good or bad. Now I want you to focus. I want you to understand the word bad, phallos in the Greek, and it's not talking about moral evil. It's talking about those things that are worthless, those things that produce. No gain. The conduct may seem to be good, but at the end, in the judgment of God, is proven to be worthless. You know how many worthless things do we get involved in on a daily basis? How many worthless things do we get involved in? Nathan told me yesterday at the uh, men's group. He said, "You know what? I'm getting so sick and tired of watching the news." Because why? It's worthless, isn't it? You want to get depressed? We must all appear for the judgment seat of Christ. And our conduct may seem to be good, but can prove to be worthless as wood, hay, or straw in the fire of God's judgment. But God will also judge our methods. God will judge the way we use your spiritual gift. You may possess the gift of giving. 
But if you use that gift to gain an audience or to get an allegiance or to get some type of status, that giving is straw. I've known people that have used their spiritual gift uh, or their talent, because I'm not even sure this person was born again, used their talent or whatever you want to call it, in order to gain something from the person that they were showing kindness to. And whenever you use a spiritual gift to gain something from the audience, to gain some type of an allegiance, that's straw. You're building on a good foundation that you had nothing to do with, folks, but you're building a faulty structure because you're building the structure on yourself and not building the structure on Christ for the glory of God. You can use your God-given spiritual gift with the incorrect method, incorrect manner, and all those works that you do will not last under the fiery judgment of God. Because you did not do those things for the glory of the Lord. You did those things for the glory of yourself. Thank you for listening to Divine Truth Podcast. We pray that the Word of God has been a spiritual blessing to your soul. For more information about Emmanuel Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ebcmineral.com. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Our Lord's Day services are 10 and 11 a.m. as well as 6.30 p.m. We also have a Wednesday service at 6.30 p.m. We here at Emmanuel Baptist Church pray that the message of God's divine truth would always go from the cross, through the church, to the world, until Christ come. God bless you.